What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast, How to Be a Boss. I am Robert Carton Jr. I'm Chrissy Branson. So listen, before we get into today's episode, we just want to let you guys know about something new that we're doing over here at How to Be a Boss. It's podcast at aat.team. Feel free to email us. We want to hear from you guys, whether it be your business questions, life advice you may need, or you just want to let us know what you think about the show. We want to hear from you guys, and we are going to respond to you on future episodes. So again, it's podcast at aat.team. We want to hear from you guys. And we have a special guest. I'm excited because this is the first time we've ever had a guest interview. So I'm going to let them introduce themselves. Yes, yes. My name is Rob Warren. Super excited to be here. Thanks for having me on, guys. And uh, yeah, I'm going to talk about a little bit of what we do with Running Freight. I'm excited. So what exactly is your role? Like, what do you do? So what I do is I help Advance Auto look really, really good. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. After they put their deal together and... And um, they sold the package to a dealer. They call us to get a quote, and then we facilitate that transport. How long have you been doing that? Uh, we're going on 14 years now. Uh, before opening the auto transport brokerage, we actually used to own four trucks of our own. So we physically moved the cars, physically picked them up, loaded them up, delivered them, all that good stuff. But after four years or so, it just wasn't the type of lifestyle I wanted to live. So then. We ended up selling off all the trucks and open up the brokerage, and we've been wildly successful ever since. So I have to say this, and I mentioned it before we started, but I just felt like it would be interesting to talk about on the podcast. You do not look how I expected you to look when Chrissy <laughs> said you were coming in. I was expecting a very older gentleman with like white hair and glasses with a little bit of like a beer belly, and you are the opposite of that. Yeah, I don't have hair. I do have gray <laughs> hair, but it's on my it's on my beard. It's on my face. So yeah. And uh, still working on that beer gut. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. It, once you get it, it doesn't go away. <laughs> so how long have you been like in connections with AAT? Uh, I think we're going on... Six or seven years. Is it six or seven years? Yeah, 2016, 2017, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Chrissy called me up and said... Um, forgot exactly what you said, but you're like, you need to be working with us. It was something along those lines. Yeah. <laughs> everybody should be working with us. Dealers, Frey, everybody. Yes. That does sound like something Chrissy would say, like, yeah. you need to be working here. Right. Leave yeah. your current job, come here. You need to be here. Mm -hmm. um, the funny story about that, I was actually yeah. going through my notes and my phone, and I actually found a script that I wrote out before I was going to call you. Okay. And like, because one of your employees at the time was trying to get me in here. Yeah. And um, I was like, all right, well, I just need to call Chrissy and sell myself. So I literally wrote out this little spiel that I was going to give you. Yeah. And I guess I just manifested into the universe because yeah, like three days I later, you called. <laughs> yeah, hey, I before I you have a chance to prepare. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, clearly I was supposed to be here. So it all worked out for the yeah. best. So like. When you first started, what did you initially do? Like, what would you, what was your initial role or responsibilities? Um, well, the basic gist of running a brokerage is to come up with a quote, quote it to the customer, and then make sure it gets transported with a reliable carrier with all the proper insurances and equipment. So, um, in the beginning, it was just myself and one other dispatcher, and I was just doing quotes all day, every day for anyone who needs it, and. In the locating game, I mean, everybody needs quotes all day, every day, because they're trying to figure out what their numbers are to put their deals together. So it was just 
quote after quote after quote after quote. <laughs> and so like you mentioned earlier that like you're in a different space now than you used to be. Um, like how has your role changed like over the years and how have you gotten to the point where your business is almost like self-sufficient? Cause I know there's a lot of folks that would love to be in that spot. <laughs> oh man, that's a great question. Um, it's a loaded one too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, really I found the key to being uh, a good business owner and running your business properly is to have the right mindset. So I kind of go by mind, body, spirit, business. So if you always, if those four things are aligned, then success is going to come your way. So you have the right mindset you can handle anything really. So that's kind of the changes that I've made and they've worked out well ever since. So, yeah. Chrissy, you want to chime in on that? Cause you've kind of gotten to that point as well a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think that's like an experience thing. So like you have to have the right mindset for sure, because no matter how much experience you have, if you don't, if your head's not in the right space, if you're not, you know, fighting every day to make it easier on yourself to where you don't have to fight, um, you're, you're not going to, you're, you're just going to stay still. You're going to spin your wheels. So I definitely feel like over the years of us doing business, I've seen a major difference in the way that your company handles things with you wearing all the hats versus now that you have delegated exactly. some of those tasks. Yeah, it's huge. Um, it makes a big difference. It makes a big difference for like a, the business owner themselves. And then it also makes a big difference for the client. It's so true because us as business owners, like we think we can do it all because when we started out gr- growing the business and having this dream, you had to do it all. Yeah. So you're just constantly, you get in that mode of I could do it, I could do it, I could do it, I could do it. And you hire someone and then they're not doing it as, as they should. And you jump in and you try to do it for them. And that's not really, yeah. that's not really effective because you're just, you're just bathing them and you're actually still doing the job, not right. teaching them how to do the job. That was literally my biggest obstacle with hiring people up front, like in admin positions, mm-hmm. because I had done it for so long. Like I I was just really good at it and everything just went smoothly and quickly and I had a, a routine and what worked for me. And then when I tried to like let somebody else do it and train them, I, it, it took me a long time to realize, like, I just need to tell them what the exactly end result needs to be, show them how I do it, and then just let them do their thing. Because a lot of times they, because they're specialized at that one task, they'll find things that are much quicker than the way I was doing it. Mm-hmm. Or who cares if it's quicker as long as the job's getting done, you know? Like, exactly. it doesn't have to be done the same way I do it. It just needs to be done by somebody other than me. And as long as you set that expecta- expectation of what's needed, then yeah, they'll jump in and let them figure it out and do it the way they want to do it as long as it gets done. Absolutely. And I also think as long as you provide, like, a good environment for people to work in and people are happy and they want to come to work and they see the bigger picture and they see how they fit into that. You could literally be like, Hey, I want this job that I used to do in 10 minutes done in two and they'll figure it out because they see how they like, you know, fit in with everything and they'll want to go above and beyond. So I just think like as a business owner, when you can break all of your jobs up, and say, okay, I have five hats that I'm wearing. How do I put this hat on somebody else? Or maybe it's even two people. So, like, that was another thing for me. I would handle something, like, you know, whether it's accounting or, like, HR, whatever the case may be, and realize once I start hiring, hey, I need two people to fill this position. 
and that then you start like trying to budget and stuff and that's not the way to go about it mm -hmm. so i think just being able to say hey this needs to be handled by somebody this needs to be handled by somebody so you can grow the business instead of work on it is is a big game changer exactly because either you're working for the business Mm -hmm. But the business should be working for you. Yeah. So once you realize that, you can kind of have that mindset, then that's the that's what comes about with the business is you're finding the right people, put them in the right places, mm -hmm. and letting the business work for you rather than showing up every day and have to work every single aspect of the business. Yes. Yeah. That was literally one of my goals at the beginning of the year when we do. Um, so just some backstory in our office. At the beginning of every year, every month, um, usually we'll do it like either every quarter or like on the halfway mark, we'll just look at goals. So like everybody in the whole office brings their goals for the year at the beginning of the year and we go over them together so we can celebrate and help each other. Um, but one of my biggest goals was like, I want to work more on the business instead of in the business. So at this point we've kind of grown this, this amazing team, by the way, just fantastic. Never, never seen a team work like everybody does in our office like it's, it's great it's phenomenal um but I still find myself like I guess I really just like want to be needed I really think is what it is I don't even think I like have to do some of the things I just still need a place because I've worked for you know 11 years at this point mm -hmm. like wearing all the hats and everybody needs me yep. and then once I start delegating yep. like things are running like a well-oiled machine yep. and I'm like I want to be here but like I don't need to be <laughs> yeah. and that's a hard pill to swallow but now you're coming in and now you have more of a people role so yeah. now you're just you're managing people you're building relationships with your employees that would help yeah. make the business run that much better so yeah. yeah i've i've actually learned to really love that part of the business where mm -hmm. before i would just want to come in head down be focused knock out what, what i gotta knock out yeah but now when i come in i'm you know i'm shooting the sh with 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 my dispatcher i'm shooting the sh with with the guy that took over my position and mm -hmm. you know i'm making sure that they're happy and they're in the right mindset so they could do their their best job possible so yeah that's good. And Christy, you are definitely needed now that you're on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, I at least have to be here every Friday. Yes. <laughs> yes. But yes. I do think it's like interesting that you guys started talking about like delegating responsibilities mm -hmm. to people because that's something that I have been wrestling with the past few weeks or so okay. because I'm a worship leader at my church and I'm also the production lead. So oh, I handle the that's lights, awesome. the sound, like everything. Gotcha. All the show and production. Yes. And I have like an expectation of how things need to be run and how they need to be run efficiently. Mm -hmm. And it's very hard for me to like give a responsibility to someone and then take my hands completely off of it. Mm -hmm. Like there's a part of me that always just wants to like be behind them and be like, uh -uh, we need to do that this way. Mm -hmm. Move that up a little bit, especially running sound because I'm very particular about that. And I feel like I get on my sound guys' nerves a yeah, little bit. You do. I will. <laughs> I probably do because I will go behind him and be like, hey, we need to turn that up a little bit or we need to make that adjustment. Yeah. So like, how do I not do that? Okay, so this was a big thing for me with the sales team, right? So when we were little, little bitty baby sales team, um, people would come to me with problems or maybe I would just notice that there was fixing to be a problem that they didn't even see yet. And I felt the need to step in and control it. But what I was really doing in that moment was hindering them from growing. So like... Once I finally was like, I, I'm literally doing the opposite of what I should be doing, I learned 
by going through trial and error and having mistakes and like messing things up and then realizing, okay, that's not where I need to be going and then going over here. So I think that being okay with them learning a lesson instead of it needing to be perfect in this moment will make it perfect in the long run. So like at this point, when somebody on the sales team brings me a problem, my my thing is like, how would you handle this? Mm. And I let them give me an answer. And if their answer is completely off in left field, I'm redirected. I'm like, ah, that's a great suggestion, but <laughs> let's do this instead. Um, but like, even if their solution is not the same solution that I would have, I'm like, great. And it kills me, Robert. It kills me. It, I, I cringe as they walk away because I know that they're fixing to go do something that they're going to have to like backtrack or like work around. But that is much more productive in the long run than doing it myself because essentially if I'm telling them what to do, they're always going to look to me for guidance. They mm -hmm. won't be able to work on their own. My thing is failure. Just yeah. let them fail. Mm-hmm. Like, because when they fail, then they clearly know that that's not the way to do it. Mm -hmm. And then through that failure, you're able to teach them how to do it. And it'll be so much more monumental to them. They'll remember it because, one, they'll feel bad that they failed. But then, two, you taught them how to fix it. So then that won't happen again. Yes. I think it's it may be like a slight paranoia for me because of the fact that, you know, I am the production lead, but I'm actually on the stage. Right. So if something goes wrong, like I literally cannot fix it from where I'm at. Yeah. And so my mind wants to put everything in, like put protocols in place to prevent everything from right. going wrong. And sometimes it's difficult. Like, for example, this past Sunday, like right before service started, the lyrics to one of the songs completely disappeared out of our computer and I had to get up there and like sing a song from straight memory and yeah. those that know me know that I do not do well with straight memory because yeah. I would make something up in a heartbeat yeah. <laughs> and like it's hard for me to I'm trying to figure out how to let go mm -hmm. and I think a part of it is that if something goes wrong people automatically look at me right if there's a sound issue, folks will turn around and look at the sound booth. But if there's an issue or problem, they look at me and they're like, hey, why did this happen? Yeah. What is going on? And I'm like, I was on stage. I have no idea why that happened or right. why that was going on. Yeah. But it's, I'm learning how to let it go, mm -hmm. how to give people my expectations and what, you know, I'm expecting from the team and just leaving it there yeah. and letting them figure it out. But it's hard. Very hard. And I, I think for me, that was like, I feel like as a kid, I kind of grew up like in this performance-based mindset where I felt like if I exceeded expectations or like, you know, won the thing or did it you know better than anybody else, I got the attention that I was looking for. And so that like over time built this crazy anxiety-filled adult where I just felt like everything had to be perfect. Mm -hmm. And the truth is it doesn't. Because, like, what's the worst that could happen, you know, if your lyrics, you handled it, right? I did. Like, you handled it. You made something up. No, they came, their lyrics came to me. I actually okay. remembered that one song. Well, perfect. So, and even if it hadn't, like, you were just been like, oh, well, everybody in the congregation sing. Hopefully I somebody did. remembers it, you know. You guys. I did, I did so, do that one day. You know, you just, you wing it. And then once that happens, like, I feel like for me and our company, Company, it was like once somebody failed and we're like debriefing from the situation afterwards after we deal with the heat 
It's like, hey, this is what happened. This is why it doesn't need to happen again. This is what we do moving forward. And then it sticks so much better than if you tell them ahead of time. Mm -hmm. So true. It's so true. If you don't fail, you just learn. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I like that. I think I'm, I'm going to take that with me. You don't fail. You just learn. Yeah. Like you didn't learn all that you know by being perfect every time. Like you failed along the way to get that knowledge. So they have to do the same. That's true. I have absolutely failed a few mm-hmm. times. So, Rob, you don't mind me calling you Rob, right? No, I, I prefer Rob. It's good. Okay. It's good. I'm just saying that so that there's no confusion with Robert. And yeah. It's odd I just call him by his full name. Like, Robert, <laughs> Robert what are you doing? <laughs> exactly. No, it's always Robert. When I Robert. When, when I answer the phone and you say Robert, I know I'm in for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like... Who would you say has been like an influence to you on your journey in your role? Man, um, I don't really have many mentors. I don't, I don't know. I'm just kind of one of those people. I, t- I tend to try to pull from everybody I meet and everybody I, I happen to study. Um, but definitely Warren Buffett for financial type stuff and, and motivation there. Um, Grant Cardone for sales. Um, yeah, honestly, I just kind of try to read a lot of stuff and pull from a lot of different sources and kind of come up with my own my own way of doing things. Maybe so, it's just a, a being ahead. raised by my mom and not having a father figure. So I was always just like, man, I figured out my own. Yeah, <laughs> we talked about this in a past episode. Like, I feel like in today's age, you can kind of have mentors from afar. Like, you don't even have to know who they are, or they yeah. don't have to know you. But like, you can study people who've done something really well. And then mimic what they're doing. Like so. Warren Buffett said, learn from other people's mistakes. Don't right. don't don't do it yourself and figure out the hard way. Learn through other people. Watch them fail. Watch the bad stock choices that they've made and learn from them so you don't make those same mistakes. So right. I mean it, it sounds pretty simplistic, but it's it's true. It really, <laughs> it really is, is that simple. Yeah. It it really is. Like I I think people overcomplicate things and they don't Especially they in like learn society. the yep. hard way yep. instead of just figuring out the boundaries from other people's failures. So what would you say was like your inspiration behind starting your business? Like what was the motivating oh, factor? I've, I've, I've been a serial entrepreneur since I was eight years old. Like I, I find it hilarious, hilarious that there's college classes that try to teach you entrepreneurship. <laughs> and it just it's mind blowing to me because I feel like either you stole candy out of your backpack in fourth grade or you didn't. Like mm-hmm. there's there's two types of people. So that was that was always me. I mean I've I've goodness, like I stole stole candy out of my backpack when I was in, in, in elementary school. I mean I sold colored contacts in high school. I opened my first entertainment company at eighteen. I mean I've just always been that, you know, I always knew I was going to own my own business and do my own thing, so to speak. So that was never a, an, an obstacle for me. How did you sell colored contacts? <laughs> <laughs> I actually had a, um, a a source that they were like, I don't know, a week you old. had to connect. Yeah, I had the hookup. <laughs> I had the plug. <laughs> and I would buy colored contacts from this guy for $10 a piece, and I'd sell them for 20 at school. So, yeah. <laughs> that was before you could buy them at the gas station. Exactly, right? exactly, exactly. The gas station picked up on your racket. Exactly. What else have you sold beside colored contacts? I'm curious now. Because that's such an odd thing to sell. This is a G-rated show right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> we can make edits. Um, yeah. Oh, goodness, I've opened it. A... Just be relatable. I know. 
I've opened a window cleaning company, pressure cleaning company. Um, yeah, I've owned an entertainment company since I was 17. And um, that was my biggest thing, I guess you could say, from 18 to 22. I did a lot of club events and ran nightclubs and all that good stuff. Okay. And then, um, yeah, once I got married, my wife was like, yeah, I'm not going to live in a nightclub. Right. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, I'll do something else because yeah. I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> things change, like, over time as you, as your personal life changes, you mm -hmm. have to kind of make whatever your career choices change with it. Yeah, so. we make plans and God just laughs. It's, mm -hmm. it's, it's hilarious. Yeah. So with those multiple hats that you have worn throughout the years, like, I'm sure you faced numerous, like, difficult times or like uncertain times. So two questions. One, what would you say is an example of like a difficult situation or a difficult moment where you're at? And two, like how do you overcome those moments? Like how do you great, press through them? Great question. I have a perfect scenario for you. Um, we actually were transporting a brand new um, transit van for advance. And my dispatcher at the time our process is when we qualify carriers, make sure they've been in business for a certain amount of time, verify their insurance, make sure it's up to date, valid, all that good stuff. Well, she got the names confused and she thought that we had already worked with this carrier before and we already had their insurance on file when really we didn't. Come to find out, carrier picked up the van, flipped his truck and totaled out this brand new Ford Transit van and the carrier was nowhere to be found. So the truck got towed to a, a, a tow yard. It was held in there for, for days on end. And I had to deal with that and finish finish it all. Chrissy probably, Chrissy probably only knows about half of the story. <laughs> so to be honest, just to pause, I don't know about any of this story. Oh, okay. so <laughs> I think so this that my better. team works so well that I didn't even know that this happened. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> So continue. we're invested. Yes, yeah. yes. So I um, thank God the general manager of the Ford store was 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 willing to work with me, if you will. Um, so I offered him a certain amount of money if he would make an insurance claim on their own insurance, so on and so forth. Come to find out, they were a much larger company and they were self-insured, so they didn't really need insurance. So long story short, ended up going round and round with the GM and we got it settled for about $20,000. And um, Chrissy never found out about it. We never <laughs> we never got sued. Brianna was good with the dealer still and we're still doing business with that dealer. So yeah, um, at the time it was, it felt ginor like a ginormous detrimental issue. Like mm -hmm. my goodness, if this goes down the way I think it's gonna go down, there's gonna be a huge legal issue, so on and so forth. But um, really it's just pushing through little by little, day by day, day by day, trying to come up with new ways to solve the problem and just inch at it every single day. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was actually the turning point of why when we decided to bring dispatch uh, back in house and back in the office and hire more dispatchers so I can physically watch and see what's going on and jump in whenever I, I might need to. So yeah. yeah, that was a huge issue. <laughs> kinda, I mean, that's a, I'm glad that I never heard of that. <laughs> And honestly, now that you said about the, the insurance, like, I think I probably did hear about that, but I feel like over the years, my philosophy on handling problems is like, 
throw some money at it. Just let's, what, what is the dollar <laughs> yeah, amount exactly. that's going to make this go away? Because nobody wants to deal with legal issues. Nobody, even somebody who's threatening to sue you, like in the big scheme of things, if you calm them down mm-hmm. and be like, hey, this is going to cost both of us mm-hmm. way more money than I can make this go away for. So like, let's just figure out what is the dollar amount? What is the best solution here? What are you actually looking for? Because it's, it's not a lawsuit. Problem. Yeah. yeah, like they're yeah. not looking to sue you. They're looking to actually solve whatever the actual issue is. So if you just calm everybody down and then just come up with a solution, the the problems, once you move past them, are way less like dramatic mm-hmm. than they are in the moment. Mm-hmm. And over the years, I've just learned, like, even if I have to stroke, you know, a ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollar check, like, it comes right back. Mm-hmm. As long as you are, you know, your head's in the right space. As long as you have good processes in place, even if it makes you go into a debt in the the moment, like, it comes right back to you. And as long as you can create that economy where money goes out, money comes, comes back, back in, in yeah. yep. you can just move forward. Like, if you look at it instead of like, oh, I'm losing ten thousand dollars. Yep. If you look at it like, hey, I'm using this $10,000 to keep this customer who's going to make me 100 over the next 10 years, then it's no problem. Yep. Check. And the biggest thing, too, is that once your clients know and the people you work with know that when there is a problem, it's going to get handled, mm-hmm. that just adds so much value to your to yes. yourself and your company. Yeah. So that's, that's the biggest thing that I had to make my mindset change to. Like when there is a damage, there is a problem, let me jump in and fix it so I can show everybody that mm-hmm. they can rely on us when there when there are issues. Yeah, because the issues halts business. Yep, it halts it. Like you're not going to make anything else off of that client in that moment until that issue is resolved. So the quicker you do that, the quicker the money starts rolling in again. And so, like, I I think that is a mindset thing too, and it takes experience, like g- pushing through and realizing. I guess if, back to you know what you were talking about, Robert. Where like you know you have to let them fail. As a business owner, we kind of have to fail and like realize, hey, it's not so bad on the other side, so that we know what to do from yep. that point forward. Because the problems always come. Yeah. How do you handle like difficult customers though? Not, well, not customers, maybe hey, clients. Watch it. I'm, not, I'm just. I'm not saying you. I'm just saying like in general, because it seems like we're the customer. It you know, seems the like nowadays are the, the like, tough ones. It seems like nowadays everyone is like on ten. So when they're upset, they are mm-hmm. like all the way upset and they're usually recording it for social media. <laughs> how do you like calm them down or how do you like work through those types of situations? Let them get it out. Mm-hmm. Just let them get it out. I just, go ahead. Cool. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm there. You're right. Yep. I got you. Cool. All right. Now that you're done calling me, can we talk about the problem now? Like literally I've used that line all of the time. Like now that you're done cussing me out, can we, can we talk now? Like seriously. And then that's when you start to get to the, get to the actual issue yeah. or if not give it time. Like yeah. when there is a damage and the reps coming, oh my gosh, Rob, this happened, that happened. Like, oh, dealer said that there's no roof on it. And really, it's just a scratch on the roof. <laughs> yeah. You know, like everything is so much more yeah. detrimental in the moment. But yeah. over I time, it kind of seems like, eh, it's not that big of a deal. Verification. So like if, if a customer comes to us and they're like, oh, there's no roof on the vehicle, <laughs> like send us a picture. Yeah. Like before I even entertain what it is you have to say, mm-hmm. shoot me a pic real quick. And it'll be like a little scratch or something. I'm like, oh, yeah, this scratch can definitely be buffed out. So why don't you try that first? Instead of coming at me for $4,000 for a scratch. So like figuring out what the problem really is, is is a, a key to coming past that.
And then just reiteration that it's going to be taken care of. Like, I know it seems like a lot right now, but mm -hmm. I assure you it's going to be taken care of. Yeah. Just have to go through the process. So what would you say are your goals for your business or even like your personal goals right now? I want to run the biggest transport company in the world now. Um, <laughs> um, honestly, just to keep doing what we're doing and just to keep growing. Um, I've created a... Um, a SaaS program, which is software used um, as a service that helps keep all of our clients updated and um, up to speed on everything. And my goal is to hopefully maybe get that out to the public and help other companies run their, their companies a little bit more efficiently like I do. So you say you're an entrepreneur. Are there any other businesses that you might like venture out into? I learned that once you're on a wave, ride that wave. <laughs> so I'm on the transport wave, so I want to maximize everything I can in transport. So that's why we did the we did the trucking company, and then that really wasn't what I wanted to do. Got into the brokerage, that worked out great. And then how can I make this better? Created the CRM to help run my make our company run better. And then hopefully, maybe like I said, we can help other companies and help them run their company a lot more efficiently. I think when you have something that earns you that high income, passive income is where it's at. Like if you want to divert your attention, it needs to be on something that doesn't require your attention. Mm -hmm. So like whatever account you can throw money into that works for itself or makes money for itself, maybe it's like, you know, investing in the stock market or maybe it's like investing in a REIT or like having rental houses or whatever requires you to do nothing mm -hmm. other than set it up. That's where your attention should be at, not trying to own six businesses that need you yep. all at once because then you're not capitalizing because on where the money's really at. Whether you know it or not, when you're taken away from one thing, then your time and energy and everything that you put into that side of it, and you're manifesting all that into the universe, you're, mm -hmm. all your energy is poured into that, that's what's making you succeed. So yeah. when you take that away and you start to give that time and energy and effort to something else, then you're splitting that. So then obviously your success is going to go down in one category. Mm -hmm. So if you could just stay focused in that category and maybe even find something that's still in the category but slightly pivoted a little bit mm -hmm. to the same, in the same, same realm, you're still good because you're still having the same energy, same focus, still manifesting the same goals, yeah. all within the same thing. Yeah, I think a lot of people, when they start a business, they go from like broke to making decent money. And once they start making that decent money, they're like, let's go to something else to make some more decent money. When if they just double down on the one thing, exactly. they can make massive money. Yes. And that was a thing for me. Like I thought I was making good money at one point and I thought I was there. I had no idea. Yeah. Like, I had no idea that, you know, four, five, six years go by, things are crazy yeah. as you continue. You know what I mean? So, like, you just have to kind of stick with stuff. I can remember first starting through. out, and I'm like, we did $1,000 this yeah. week. <laughs> like, I made $1,000 this week by myself. Uh -huh. Like, I thought that yeah. was the best thing ever. And then that went to 3000 and then right. 5000 you're like, oh, okay. So, all those goals that you had for yourself, you started crushing them, and then, you look back on them, you're like, that was nothing. Like, right. But you have to go through that. And yeah. it's just levels that you're jumping. So, like, just to, you know, to AAT's horn real quick. Um, our sales team recently, I was looking back at, like, like, I have a spreadsheet of all of our months and years and stuff and, like, what we've done. Um, our sales team wrote in one month what we wrote in the first, like, four years of business.
That's, that's gross. insane. I never that's in my gross. life would have even like in that moment pictured that kind of money. Mm-hmm. And that's what I feel like sticking with something does. Like you just you consistently grow. And then once you perfect those processes, there's like massive growth that takes place that you're not even prepared for. But you had to have seen this. Like you envisioned all of this that's going on right now. No. Really? No. Absolutely. Really? Really. really. I like I, it's hard. I, I don't know. I don't even have words. I I wanted um, the, the goal was really to have four people who were on the sales team that like stuck around and were kind of our foundation. Mm. And just from like the examples that I've had in the past, I was just for a moment like convinced like we're just going to cycle through, you know, the rest of them. Like that's the sales game because that's what I always heard was I like, never thought you that know, from you, Chrissy. in sales, there there's a high turnover rate in sales. And we've literally not We've had the same people in this office for the last two years almost. Like, we've only hired. We haven't gotten re- – like, sales doesn't have to be like that. And I think just overcoming those preconceived notions that you're, like, taught coming up or, like, taught once you get into something, just busting through that, then the vision starts happening. Yeah. It reminds me I was of, of an interview with uh, Kid Rock, and the interviewer asked him, he said, did you ever think that that you would make it and you would be this big? He goes every day, mm. <laughs> and that just stuck with me. I'm like, you gotta just look at the huge picture of where you want to get, yeah. and then break it down yeah. backwards. Absolutely. So like, yeah, I had this vision in my head of you know where I want to be and so on and so forth, and but I'm gonna get there. So <laughs> that really resonated with me when I heard Kid Rock say that. I was like, that's freaking awesome. That definitely makes sense. I just kind I kind of feel like in our industry there's a lot of bad examples yeah especially there there are a lot of bad examples and i well in this industry was what's been it's been around 10 years maybe like it's a very very niche like 2000s and stuff so like gotcha you know i just i think that i think once i got rid of all of that like just the examples that were given like once i was like okay we can do something completely different within the same industry, like, I started looking for, like, if if other companies were doing it this way, I wanted to do something the opposite mm-hmm. and still make it work. So once I started getting outside of that comfort zone, that's when the vision came. Well, I think you figured out how to run a company yeah. and not a team, like, right. not just a sales team. Yeah. So I think once you figured that out everything just started growing because you've created this amazing culture company culture this amazing sales culture i mean just to see how excited everyone is to to work and and do their thing is awesome which is it's it's huge because all the examples that you've had before were just come in pound the phone smile and dial abc always be closing and yeah that's that yeah but, for stuff like yeah crazy but your consistent training yeah. and motivation and just you know building the company culture that you've built is yeah. is awesome it's amazing yeah teamwork is a big thing so like on the sales floor when they when everybody understands that yeah we're here for our own paycheck but like we can't do that without helping others and so like we have to, to help the, the clients we have to help freight we have to help each other so once that started taking place it just kind of blew up from there like everybody helps each other there's plenty of opportunity we don't have to fight over a deal let's go make three more so yep. Yep. yeah 
Yeah, I'm still waiting for my thousand dollar week. Brand, <laughs> Just throwing that out there. It's coming. It's com- hey, listen. We'll get you a phone. We'll get your phone. <laughs> if you're listening, we need you to subscribe to our YouTube because Robert and Seth have a bonus on the line. So we're looking yes. for a thousand subscribers on YouTube, and then these guys get a bonus. Yes. So help them out. Go hit subscribe on YouTube. I'm trying to get to that comma club. Yeah, check us out. <laughs> Folks are subscribing everywhere else, though, oh. which is good. Which is good. Well, step up the but, YouTube yeah. game, Seth. What are you doing? <laughs> So he can't even defend himself. He He doesn't have a mic. Nope. He just has to sit there and deal with it. Got it. So Rob, like what advice do you have for any upcoming entrepreneurs? Um, really just, you can't be scared and you got to have a short memory, like straight up. Like Mm you can't be scared to fail. Sometimes you just got to jump and figure out how to fly on your way down. I mean, it, it just is what it is. But if you're that kind of person that, you need structure and you need to be told what to do and you're not very disciplined and and um, don't have that drive, then you might not want to open a business. But <laughs> yes. um, yeah, you just if you're an entrepreneur, you you know that you're an entrepreneur. So just go with your gut and just do what you what you're being told to do in your head. Like, you know what to do. Just do it and figure it out. Like that's I feel like that's the biggest thing of entrepreneurs is they know how to figure things out. So they see a process or they see an opportunity that could use a service and then that entrepreneur creates that that service that's awesome thank you so much for stopping by for our podcast of course man thank you so much i appreciate you You guys for having me this is awesome you have officially made history as our very first guest interview what this is actually my first guesting on a podcast oh Oh, yeah well at least a a business one anyways (laughs) it's a lot of firsts so if someone wants to reach out to you where can they find you uh eagleautorelocation.com Awesome. Are you on social media at all? Like your business on social media? Yeah, you can find my business on social media. Yeah. (laughs) Needs a content crew, doesn't he? Listen, we Seth and I can do things on the weekends. (laughs) Side hustling. We were just talking about this. Get that bonus. (laughs) But again, thank you so much for stopping by. Of course. Thanks again. I will say my my takeaway, we do a takeaway at the end of every episode. Mm -hmm. My takeaway from this one is you can't be afraid to fail. Because it's going to happen one way or the other. Exactly. And the only thing you can do from it is grow. So mm-hmm. if you fail, take the lesson you learn from it and keep moving. Absolutely. So, That's Chrissy, do you have a, um, anything? Yeah, my biggest takeaway from this episode we actually didn't even talk about is more of a personal thing. Um, I feel like in business, you have to have a good network, a good strong network. And I think that over the years, um, even though me and Rob have had some some rough patches here and there, you know, where there was maybe some button of heads or frustration or whatever the case may be. I That's feel on like, me. I'll take that one. That's on me. That's <laughs> I on feel me. like, you know, if you if you're going at it from a business perspective and not a personal one and you're like, hey, this is a problem. This is how we overcome it and coming up with good processes. It makes for a stronger relationship on the other side of that issue. And I think that's kind of something we've proven time and time again at this point so the fact that rob is our first guest on our podcast and that you know we're hanging out and stuff i think just it's all come full circle yeah it's all come full circle love that love that yeah we appreciate you coming all the way to visit us and to stop by here and uh also y'all follow us youtube 
Advanced Auto Transfers. Also on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, all Advanced Auto Transfers. Let's go. Uh, visit us also at www.autotransfers.com because we can do a lot for you and your dealership. Just tell us what we need, what you need, and we got you. And also, there's a new exciting thing that we're doing. We mentioned it in the last episode. We want questions and comments from you guys. So, Chrissy, what's the email that they can send their questions and comments Podcast to? Podcast at aat.team. T-E-A-M. Soon as we start getting those in, we're going to start responding. And I feel like that's going to be very interesting. Interesting. Interesting conversations. Yeah. But anyway, thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to check us out again next week, wherever you find your podcast. We're going to be there. I am Robert Carton Jr. Chrissy Brinson. Rob Warren. Thank you guys so much. And we'll see you next week. Bye.